Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is David opposing a matrix. It is the first uh, of December, the year of our Lord, 2020, and it is 10:36 p.m. I'm doing a solo show tonight. Starting to do that again. Um, we'll do it as much as I can until I start back at school in January. Then it'll just be Monday nights and uh, maybe an occasional night um, during breaks and stuff like that. But uh, anyway. Um, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, meaning within the last couple of years, although we've been on for 10 years, um, you'll know that every once in a while I'll present some uh, data, well, that's a good word for it, data, that uh, I obtained by using a Gamatria calculator. And what's the Gamatria calculator, might you ask? Okay, since you asked... Um, Hebrew is a very interesting language in that uh, each letter has a numeric value, even though uh, it has a phonetic value also. You know, like um, the first letter, Aleph, you know, is the letter A. And uh, But it, it, depending on what uh, vowel markings are used above or below it, um, it will determine what uh, that letter means. Now, bear in mind that the ancient Hebrews didn't use vowels. So, for instance, my name is David, right? So, uh, in ancient Hebrew, my name would have been written in Hebrew letters, the uh, transliterated DVD, which I think is pretty cool because, you know, I, I like listening to DVDs and and watching them and, and everything else. So, uh, but, uh, and if you put that together, it's David, David, David. You know, and it's, it sounds like David, right? It does. Um, so, uh, you know, you can mess around with your own name and see what, what it sounds like and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, so uh, I know that every once in a while I'll catch flack because people, oh, he's getting into numerology. Well, first of all, God is a God of numerology. Uh, I'm not saying that we should get in it to predict the future or to predict what a, you know, uh, with any surety what a person is like, uh, because everybody differs, okay? But if you use Gamatra, you can kind of get an idea of what a person might be up to, okay? And again, uh, we're not looking at future things. We're looking at present and past, okay? The present is happening now. The past happened before, so you're not forecasting the future. You're not using uh, necromancy or necromancy or uh, any, any kind of uh, thing that's prohibited in um, Leviticus. Okay. Um, so, hence, uh, every, everybody's person, personal name has a, a value to it. And that total number of value um, often equals other words that have the same numeric value. Um, now, for those Christians that are out there, because I get bashed more by Christians than by anybody else, um, you could yes, say that I'm into numerology, you'd be wrong, but, uh, I can remember a day when, uh, back in the seventies when all Christians that I knew of, or I knew, um, used numerology to try to figure out who the Antichrist is, which is like, really prohibited because, um, we are told in scripture by Paul that we will not know who he is until he is revealed. And there are a bunch of uh, words that have a 
English numerical value of uh, 666. Um, see, it, the gematria is broken up into three things. It's broken up into, into Hebrew, it's broken up into English, and it's broken up into common um, uh, values. Okay, and so what am I saying here? Well, the numeric, uh, the center one that I mentioned, numeric one in English, would be um, A equals 1, B equals 2, C equals 3, D equals 4, until you get to 26, and Z. Uh, there is another kind of uh, gematria in English where uh, A equals 6, B equals 12, and, and there are denominations of 6. And people use it in the past. For instance, they found out in the 1970s that the word computer um, adds up to 666. And that's kind of interesting, actually, because uh, maybe a computer will have something to do with the uh, the image of the beast and, and things like that. And I, I really highly figure that uh, that person of the Antichrist, the uh, son of perdition, will use computers in one aspect or another. Uh, we often hear about uh, artificial intelligence, AI. Uh, and that involves computers, uh, the merging of humans uh, with the human mind with the body of a computer so that basically you could live forever. Technically, uh, we know that that's not going to happen, of course, <laughs> but it is something that science is investigating and looking into. Um, and that may actually figure into um, uh, a lot in Revelation. Uh, there's a scripture that talks about men will want to die, but they won't be able to. And um, why? Because maybe uh, they're, they're uh, intermingled at that time with uh, with machines, and uh, you can't die like you normally would, you know, with a bullet to the back or something, um, because you're made out of metal and a machine, and it's going to be a lot harder. Um, they're going to cry for the rocks that fall on them, which denotes that they're probably going to be living in some kind of caverns underground. And if you look at the uh, the dumb bases, the deep underground military bases. Um, you'll realize that there's quite a few of them around the United States, so um, maybe they'll be living there. So, you know, if you if you look into this stuff and you start investigating into it, you start to see that there's a lot of things that click. So, anyway, but uh, the the Hebrew alphabet goes all the way up until it reaches a certain letter. And I'll tell you the truth, I can't remember what that letter is right now, but that number equals 40. And then from there, you go to 100, and then 200, 300, 400, 500. And there's... Um, see 23 letters i do believe in hebrew alphabet so and they call it the alphabet because um uh, the first uh, two letters of the hebrew alphabet are aleph and bet so <laughs> uh, we say abcs they say alphabet so anyway uh with that in mind uh and, and that you know that i'm not out to convert anybody to numerology or to forecast the future or to um, try to malign somebody by using some numerology or whatever. Um, uh, I, I do find some interesting parallels when I look at these things. Um, if you've listened in the past, I did one on George Soros. And boy, was that revealing. And um, if you've read anything about George Soros, you know, he's probably one of the most wicked men that ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah, Hitler was bad. Stalin was bad. Pol Pot was bad. Castro was bad. And... Um, you know, you go all the way back to Nimrod and to Haman uh, and Cain, uh, all the way back to the original murderer. All bad men. But uh, 
Soros is uh, is amazing. He's uh, and I don't mean that in a kind way. He's just uh, amazingly wicked, and uh, he's behind a lot of the problems that we're having in the United States nowadays. And the sooner he's dispatched to uh, Tartarus, the better. But um, anyway. So I was, th- you know, I, I've done it on several of these people. I, I'm currently I'm going to be working on Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. Um, but I, this one we're going to do tonight is on um, Adam Bennett Schiff, or you might know him as Adam Schiff. He was the one that caused a lot of grief during the Trump administration. Uh, charged Trump with a lot of things that uh, he could never produce evidence for. And we were supposed to believe him. And many numbskulls did believe him. Um, but uh, it, it all came out to be uh, lies and innuendos and uh, false witnesses and everything else. And uh, um, I did one on Trump, too, and that was quite interesting, too. So um, if you want to go back and listen to those shows, they're uh, certainly in the archives. Um, and if uh, someday you're listening to this and you go to the archives and it's not there, uh, we do have archives. I, I save everything on um, uh, Dropbox, and, and from there, it, uh, the link goes to uh, a link on the delusionresistance.org, which, as long as I'm alive and able to produce it or pay for it, keep it up, is going to you know be online. So um, they're either going to have to uh, take the Internet down or take me down, I guess. I don't know. Um, and the way I've been feeling lately, the second one might be coming in. <laughs> play i'm serious folks or you know um i i can't see a raise of hands of course because this is radio but how many of you have had the funkiest year you've ever had in your entire life um even being a believer you know and and knowing that we're blessed and we're heading to heaven and everything it hasn't been an easy year for us okay um and if it has well god bless you but uh you know i've been sick with a couple things i've broken a rib um, money problems have come up, uh, you name it, and it's happened. And um, it continues to happen, too. <laughs> it's really weird. But uh, anyway, uh, and then the whole political scene and the COVID-19 thing. And um, Shalomil's like Fauci running around saying that we're all going to die if we don't listen to him. And and uh, anyway, it's been one, one heck of a year. And... Uh, uh, I think that sometime this month uh, a civil war will start in this country um, because this whole election thing is going to go to the courts, I mean the Supreme Court, and uh, we'll probably end up going to uh, have uh, one member of each state vote for who's president, and it happens to be 35, I think it's up to 35 um, Republican legislatures, so that would mean that there would be 35 votes for Trump and um, 15 for Biden, which means that Biden would uh, definitely not uh, get the the presidency. And uh, there's going to be a lot of unhappy people when that happens. (laughs) There are already a lot of unhappy people. Um, That's why we stay out of Portland, because Portland is the city of unhappy people. Uh, That should be their motto. Uh, their motto is keep Portland weird, but it should be the city of unhappy people or the city of liberals or the city of Democrats because all three words are synonyms with one another. So pardon me while I get a drink of coffee here. I've had this like headache that's gone on for like three days. 
And uh, I don't like it. I really don't. And coffee is um, seems to help for some reason. It's a uh, um, the caffeine in it is a vasoconstrictor, so maybe it has something to do with the vascular system in my brain. Who knows? Um, yeah, <laughs> I do have a brain for those of you that are um, playing around with that idea. Um, anyway, so the title of uh, this paper that I'm going to read from and which will be a radio show is uh, what does the Gamatria say about Adam Bennett shift or shift? Excuse me. <laughs> I was going to say shift. I don't know why. Maybe because he's shifty and, and he's known as shifty shift. But um, anyway, so there were a lot of words that came into um, were numerical values that equaled Adam Bennett shift in, in Hebrew because you have to take the English and transliterate it into Hebrew and then get your number values and then um, find other words in English that equal the same number values. So anyway, uh, the first one I thought was kind of interesting. It came up and it said, God is Christ. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's kind of encouraging. And I prayed about that. And I said, well, what does that actually mean, Lord? And uh, here, here's um, a synopsis of it. And I'll read it to you. Um, a whole thesis could be written on this term. Okay. <laughs> um, and many have been. Uh, the technical Jewish word for God is El. Okay. If you see the word Daniel, Daniel, um, or you see the word, uh, Bethel, Bethel means house of God. Um, a lot of, uh, names back in the, um, the Tanakh, uh, the names ended with L. And, um, like Joel, J-O-E-L. Well, first of all, it'd be Yoel because there's no J in the Hebrew alphabet. But, um, so Yoel means um, the Lord is God, or Yahweh is God. So trying to get away from that word Lord, um, because uh, it's technically, uh, if you're going to say the word, you should say Adonai. Uh, and Lord was used for the Baalim, which were uh, the, the uh, false gods that the uh, the uh, ancient Israelites and, and the Canaanites worshipped. Um Baal was uh, supposedly uh, the the main Baal was the god of uh, over nature. He sent storms. He sent bountiful crops. Supposedly, you know, this is all um, false god stuff. But um, but that's what they worship them for. And uh, I'm not going to worship a, ba- a Baal, Baal or a Baalim. I'm going to worship Adonai, if anything. And um, when he said in, um, when Yahweh said in um, in uh, Exodus, uh, well, he used two terms for himself. One of them, uh, Lord, translates into Yahweh or yod heh vav which is a tetragrammation, tetra meaning four and gram meaning letters. So um, yod heh vav is uh is how you, how you say that. Um, a lot of people turn it into Jehovah. I'm sorry, but first of all, again, there's no J in Hebrew alphabet. So it would have to be Jehovah. And um, again, that's a mis- misspelling. It's yod vav or Yahweh. Um, so anyway, and, and there's no name. Is like there, no, there was no name of Jesus back in the time of Jesus. It's okay to call him that nowadays. I don't have any problem with that. Some people do. But... Um, 
It's no different than Italians calling him Gesu, G-E-S-U, Gesu, or um, the Muslims referring to him as Issa. Okay, as long as you're referring to the Jesus that's in the Bible, that's all that's important. Okay, Um, (laughs) funny little thing I'll I'll go into real quick. Um, Back when we used to counsel people who were being harassed by uh, alien alien abduction by fallen angels, because that's what it really is. um, I had a lady call me up. Um, I had many people call me up and I would always help them out and tell them, yeah, you know, these things come into your house and try to mess with you. Just say, get out in the name of Jesus or Yeshua or whatever. And, and they'll go away. Uh, you might have to do it several times before they go, but, uh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Okay. And, um, so one lady called me up, oh, it doesn't work. And I went, what are you talking about? She goes, it doesn't work. And I said, ma'am, you know, would you be more, explain more what you're trying to say? She said, the name of Jesus doesn't work. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And she says, well, I call that out all the time when I'm, uh, I'm ready to be abducted. And, and nothing ever happens. They take me away and do experiments on me and then bring me back. And I felt the Lord Oh, excuse me. I felt Yahweh ask me or tell me, you know, ask her who she thinks Yeshua or Jesus is. So I asked her, I said, who, who, how do you define Jesus? And she said, oh, well, he's the, uh, he's the universe. Jesus is the universe and the universe is Jesus. And well, she was describing a new age Jesus to me. And, and basically she was describing to me the same entities that were giving her the problems and I said, lady, the pro- reason you're having problems is because it's, it would be akin to a Jew running into Gestapo headquarters and asking them to protect him from Hitler. You know, it's just not going to work. You're not using the God of the Bible, the Jesus of the Bible, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You know, you're using the enemy to, to, to rebuke the enemy, and that just doesn't work. And I was able to give her the gospel, upon which time she hung up on me. So, um, But anyway... So it's very important that we um, we uh, we use the right names when we when we're addressing our God because God is such a a generic term anymore, don't you think? Uh, uh, the Muslims think refer to God; they're talking about Allah. The Hindus refer to God; they're talking about any number of uh, demonic entities that they they worship. Um, the Mormons talk about God; uh, they're actually talking about some flesh and blood being that lives on a planet that rotates around the star Kulub somewhere out in the universe who's flesh and blood and makes spirit babies. Um, so anyway, uh, I realized that one time when I sneezed in, in a workplace and I had about 15 people say, God bless you. And I realized that it was a blessing in the name of about 15 different gods. So, um, yeah, that was weird. Anyway, so uh, the technical Jewish word for God is El, like I said, uh, denoted by Elohim, which is a plural word, by the way. Remember when God said, let us go down and confuse the tongues of men or uh, at the Tower of Babel story or when um, uh, he uses uh, the word Elohim is used in uh, the beginning, right at the beginning of Genesis. Um, so anyway, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. So anyway, that's a, it's a plural word. It's used in plurality. Then there's El Elyon, which is the Most High God. El Shaddai, which is God Almighty. 
and there's other defining words. I have a page somewhere on the delusion resistance that has <laughs> probably probably good 75 words uh, for for God and for uh, Yeshua and uh, and for the Holy Spirit. And even the church has uh, a lot of different names uh, as it's referred to in uh, Scripture. So uh, many many biblical characters, like I said, have El in their names, like Yoel or Joel, which means Yahweh is God. Um, most describe the character of Yahweh or YHVH or Yohevavhe is what we say as being the second person of the Godhead, namely Yeshua or Jesus. Uh, Christ in the, in, is the Greek uh, form for Mashiach or Messiah, both meaning the anointed, uh, denoting that they were anointed by um, El Shaddai or he was anointed by El Shaddai, excuse me, for the purpose of priesthood and kingship. Uh, this brings us to the triune nature of Elohim, which traditionally consists of three persons, the Father, or El, the Son, Yeshua, and the Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit. And there's there's a bunch of uh, jokers running around nowadays saying that the, the Holy Spirit is not a person, that he's just the Spirit of God. Well, um, when my Lord and Savior Yeshua refers to him as he several times in Scripture, he is a person. I'm sorry. He is not a spirit. He is not a a thing. He is a, a person. It denotes a male of of the human species. So, anyway, uh, John chapter one says that Yeshua, the word, the logos or the word, uh, logos is just uh, Greek for the word, uh, was with God L in the beginning, denoting that he was not a created being, but part of the Godhead. Later in the Gospel of John, Yeshua denotes the Ruach HaKodesh as being a person referring to the spirit as he. I'm repeating myself a lot. I'm sorry. Um, which in the Greek is a person and not a force. Okay. Not a spirit, not a force. Although he he's referred to as a spirit. Um, he's an actual person. Um, do you see how hard this is? So technically Messiah or Christ is God. Therefore God is, is Messiah because the two are one but separate in personages. So the phrase God is Christ is wrong terminology if we're looking at him in a, in a cadence sort of way. Uh, what is cadence? Uh, cadence is, is going down the line. Okay. Like, um, let's just say my, my grandfather to me is the greatest person that I've ever met, uh, followed by my dad. And then I'm just part of what they were <laughs> okay so um, you have the father who's the greatest the son who was is part of the father but not the father and, it's, and it, it really gets confusing and trying to understand the trinity is is very very difficult but not everything that god presents to us um is is easy to understand um but if we're looking at him as uh, elohim they are one and the same, although Yeshua clearly delineates himself as a son, doing the will of El, his father. Okay, so Christ can be God, but God is not Christ. Okay, that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I know it's kind of hard, and it's it's it sounds like words speak. It really does, but uh, it's just like. Uh, I have the same genetic makeup as my dad, or at least half of it. <laughs> and uh, well, my dad was my dad. My dad's not me, but I'm part of my dad. 
Okay. Maybe that's a good way to describe it. Um, okay. So the next word that came up was Neptune. Okay. It's, it's got the same, uh, equivalent in number as, um, Adam Schiff along with his middle name. I'm just going to refer to him as Adam Schiff from now on. It's a lot easier. It'll make time go faster and seeing that it's now 11 o'clock at night, I want time to go faster with this so I can get to bed earlier. Okay. Okay. So, um, I'm not one of those to get into the astrological stuff. Uh, not at all. I don't like astrology. I like astronomy. Uh, but for the heck of it, I did a little research on this, weaving, um, like a Pac-Man character through all the stupid little, uh, hallways that astrology sets up deliberately to make them look right even when they're wrong. Um, their astrological talk is so discombobulated that you have to be an astute madman or able to, to be able to understand it. And even then, you probably don't. Um, you can fake it better, I guess. Um, what I got out of this crapola, pardon my French, the crapola that I read, is that according to his stargazers, Adam Schiff would have some good success while trying to trap the president, trying to trap President Trump in Schiff's made-up scandal. But by the middle of 2020, the planet Neptune would do something to trip him up so that he would not have any success the second half of the year, which is exactly what happened, incredibly. But um, he, he walked the Hall of Shame and still does although he doesn't realize it. Um, it has to be noted that Schiff has been relatively silent the last half of 2020. Um, ever since he planned his coup, uh, the planned coup is dissolved, and Trump was exonerated of any wrongdoing earlier on in the year. One thing that uh, was mentioned is that the star alignments, and <laughs> I put uh, the little phrase SIC in there, which is kind of like, like a laugh or like a... <laughs> like that, um, showed that Trump and Schiff would square off in battle quite often, which has turned out to be true, but the stars were, had very little to play in this uh, pr- prediction because the whole Washington deep state swamp has squared off, squared off against Trump, and they all have different star charts, or I guess they do anyway. I know they're all satanic seed, but uh, maybe that's what they have in common. Okay. The next word that came up was Qasem uh, Soleimani. Um, if you don't remember a recent history, uh, he was uh, Iran's terrorist mastermind. Anyway, um, one of the chief co- contentions of Adam Schiff against Trump is that he didn't think that killing the killing of Iran's terrorism mastermind Soleimani was justified and that it only brought more anger toward the United States from Iran. Well, Oh, let's let me finish reading and we'll go all ad lib. Frankly, that rates right up there with having a shopping list of a thousand items and being yelled at for forgetting to pick up a loaf of bread. It's bupkis. Um, when has Iran not been mad at the United States? Um, well, I can remember early in the seventies, they weren't because they were our allies when the Shah ran things over there. But, um, when the Muslim leadership took over, it all went to hell. Literally, <laughs> um, your average Iranian wants to be free, doesn't want to be under that regime. But uh, for some reason, there's a stranglehold there. And we know that there's a Prince of Persia because uh, 
Daniel is told this by one of the angels that was trying to bring uh, Daniel a message that he had to contend against the Prince of Persia. And apparently the Prince of Persia is a very strong uh, fallen angelic uh, entity or demonic entity. I can't tell right now which one. But if it's able to stand up against Michael the Archangel or fight against Michael the Archangel, um, then uh, it probably is a fallen um, angelic host. Um, okay, so the next one that comes up, and I'm going to spill it for you after I get a little sip of coffee because it's starting to get cold and I don't like cold coffee. We all know that, right? Okay, it's down the hatch. Okay, the next one is spelled N-R-O-N and then capital letters Q-S-R. Now, at first I thought this was some sort of stupid word that someone put into the Camatria calculator to mess around. Because that happens a lot. Believe it or not, they'll look up their own name or they'll put in some really weird names and that mean absolutely nothing, uh, for my purposes anyway, of research. And... Um, and I, it's a waste of my time when they do that because I have to look up people that usually don't exist uh, or have a, uh, any kind of presence on the Internet that I can find. And then I have to eliminate them that way. So anyway, uh, if, you, if you use a Gamatria calculator to look up your name, don't hit the save button. Please, please don't hit the save button because your name's going to come up with everything that matter, everything that matches your your numeric equivalent. And, and maybe some stuff that's not good. Okay. So I thought that somebody put it in the calculator to mess around, but I copied and pasted it anyway into a Google search engine and came up with the results from a Catholic website of all things that I'll cite below. The name of the article is Does 666 Add Up to Nero? Now I pasted part of the text below uh, before I paste it. I, I want to look at some of Schiff's attributes. He does act neurotic at times, many times, many, many, many times, exhibiting what can uh, only be classified as psychotic eyes. Um, I, I kind of rewrote one, at one time the um, the words that he's got, she's got Biddy Davis eyes, he's got uh, Charlie Manson eyes. Um, and so does Nancy Pelosi for that matter too. So I think there's a lot of psychosis that goes on. Um, in the upper echelons of our, our government, and uh, it's not taken care of through medication. Um, anyway, so he has psychotic eyes. He does fly off in word speak when he speaks in frustration, but many times in what appears to be a restrained prophetic, uh, psychotic fit. And yes, you can, I don't know if I work in mental health, so a lot of psychotics can can restrain themselves so that they don't look as sick as they truly are. And uh, later on, it, it, it always comes out sooner or later. OK, um, but, uh, you know, they can they can control it. They're some of it are very, some of them are very good at it. And uh, but it always manifests in one way sooner or later. And unfortunately, psychotic um, has to do with hurting things or people um, physically. And uh, psychotics are people like uh, serial killers and, uh, and people that beat up other people for no reason and stuff like that. Or for reasons that they claim are reasons, but really aren't, I should say. 
Um, okay, so in addition, he does act as a dictatorial many times, claiming to have evidence about things, but then refusing to release the evidence, making one wonder if he's lying or truthful about the matter. Basically, he fiddles while Washington burns. Now, here's the text from the article that I found. Okay, and it's quoting Revelation 13 here. It says, wisdom is needed. One who understands can calculate the number of the beast. And this is probably out of the Catholic version, okay, the Vulgate. So understand that if something's not quite right or doesn't ring true with what you've read in your version, okay? Let's start again. Revelation 13:8 says, Wisdom is needed here. One who understands can calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number that sounds for a person. His number is 666. So actually, I guess it's maybe the unisex version of their Bible because... The real Bible says it's the number of a man, uh, not a person, a man. Okay. So maybe they're trying to equate him, uh, the Antichrist, with a woman. Who knows? And if uh, Kamala Harris gets in, maybe maybe that would be right. I don't know. Um, anyway, there's a, then there's a quote here. The Greek name Nero Caesar put in Hebrew letters is N-R-O-N-Q-S-R-N which adds up to 666. If this were all that we had to go on, then Nero would be the would not be any more likely a candidate than any other name that could add up to this number. But there's one more piece of evidence that points to Nero. Okay, I don't think so, but let's see what they say. We learned from early church father Irenaeus of Lyons that uh, or Leon, excuse me, that in his day, which is AD 180, the reading 666 was found all in all the most approved and ancient copies against the heresy. And that was in against the heresies five thirty and one. Um, but he doesn't tell us what number the minority manuscripts give the manu- There are is, excuse me. There is manuscript evidence that the alternative number 616, but then we're talking about just a few works as opposed to many. Okay, but why is the second? But why the second number? Where did it come from? It's possible that the second number comes from the Latin version of Nero's name, which, when put into Hebrew, drops the letter N, which is the Hebrew letter Nun or Nun, so that it reads N R O Q S R instead of N R O N Q S R, since the N Nun has a value of fifty. The Greek version of his name, when put into Hebrew letters, has a value of 666, while the Latin version has a value of 616. Seeing that the Bible is a Jewish book, I tend to believe the 666. Okay, it goes on. Nero also seems to be a likely candidate in Revelation 13.3, when it speaks about the beast having one head, seeming seem to have been mortally wounded, but this mortal wound was healed. Fascinated, the whole world followed the beast. Again, we're, we're talking really, I don't know what, if this is the Vulgate, it's like the Vulgate for modern man or something. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, another, uh, another quote we have here. Roman historians reported after Nero committed suicide in AD 68, there was a widespread belief possibly generated through the predictions of a group of astrologers that Nero was not dead, but would return to power soon. 
After Nero's death, there were three impostors who pretended to be Nero Ridivicus, or Nero Reborn. I guess is where we get the word revived. Okay. All this being said, its value depends on how one approaches Revelation. If you believe that Revelation speaks exclusively of the future, then Nero obviously isn't the candidate. Otherwise, everything adds up to Nero. And the source was um, DetroitCatholic.com forward slash news forward slash Gary dash Mishuta, M-I-C-H-U-T-A forward slash does 666 add up to Nero. And that last part after that last forward slash, there is a hyphen between each one of those words. Okay. So I, I continue then. Uh, no, Nero isn't a candidate, but Adam Schiff has a name value that's equivalent to ever Nero. Suggests that the two share character traits and also suggests that perhaps Schiff was fit somehow into, uh, will fit somehow into future end time events since they both share the number of the beast. Interesting. Okay. And I say that only because of what it says here about Nero. Okay. All right. The next word or phrase that comes up is, I am the son of God. Okay. Now you would think again, well, maybe this is Schiff affirming that, or his name affirms that, uh, that Jesus is the son of God, but it doesn't say that here. It says, I am the son of God. Well, anyway, it's common knowledge that Yeshua is the son of God is pointed out in both the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament, and the Brit Hadashah, which is the New Testament. Um, as the son of God, he will be the judge of, at the white throne judgment that will judge everyone that did not acknowledge Yeshua as being Lord and Savior and haven't been raised by God from the dead. As the scenario goes, sinners will be accused or impeached. I put that in there to be kind of a little bit funny. Uh, given a short trial and then condemned to eternity in what Revelation calls a lake of fire and brimstone that burns forever. Um, it's interesting to know that the Wall Street Journal actually gave Shift the following title. And it says here in quotes, Behold the Lord High Impeacher, sneered the headline in the Wall Street Journal's opinion section. And uh, that was in L.A. Magazine. And you could read the article if you want to to get the the um, the source. Okay. It's always hard to read sources, and I'm going to be posting this online here pretty soon. Even though it was said in just a mocking jest, the phrase does entertain the notion that Adam Schiff does think himself, highly of himself, almost messianic in form, sent to rid the world of evil. It's just too bad that he works for the very evil that most of the world's trying to rid itself from. Now, if you look at, if you go to like Wikipedia, and look up Adam Schiff. And yes, I do look up Wikipedia sometimes. It's not all bad, especially if you look at the the uh, sources that Wikipedia uses and you research the sources. You find some really good stuff in there, actually. And and between you and I, when I do a paper in school and I use Wikipedia because they tell us not to, um, I do go to the sources, and that's okay to do. Then you're quoting the sources, and usually the sources are from reputable um, well, our reputable sources. Um, let's see. Thinks highly of himself, almost messianic. Um, but he's working for the very evil that most of the world is trying to rid itself from. 
And uh, he is deep state through and through, let me tell you. Uh, the next word that comes up is predictions. Same numerical value. A person who predicts is called a fortune teller. There is a variety of other words to describe such a person. Merriam-Webster's uh, thesaurus gives the following synonyms and related words. Now, here's the synonyms of prediction. Uh, hello. Um, a declaration that something will happen in the future. And this is what predictors do. They declare, okay? Um, that's that's the um, definition of uh, predict, prediction. Okay, now synonyms for prediction. Augering, augury, bottomment, cast, forecast, forecasting, which is telling the future. Casting meaning throwing forth and for meaning what's before. <laughs> okay, um, so they're predicting what beforehand what's going to happen. Uh, we continue fortune telling, predicting. Persuade, persuading, persuading. Let me spell that. Presaging. That's a better way to put it. Okay. Prognosis, prognostic, prognostication, which is fortune telling. Um, prognosticating, prophecy, also prophesy. Um, soothsaying and vatication, which I found was interesting because that's looks like um, the act of um, being part of the Vatican. Um, words related to prediction, foreboding, harbinger, omen, portent, uh, provision, prospectus, sign, anticipation, uh, foreknowledge, foresight, conjecture. Boy, was that whole thing a conjecture that um, the whole thing against Trump. Uh, guess is another word, surmise, and the source was Miriam Wester's uh, thesaurus for the word prediction. Okay. Aside from the definition of prophecy, which is condoned by scripture, especially if it's prof uh, prophetically coming from Yohadid Bavhe or Yahweh, uh, the rest of these words denote either getting information from false sources, making hopeful guesses, or maybe educated guesses, but nothing sure. Adam Schiff during his career has been a man that has made hopeful and educated guesses. He once prosecuted a suspected spy three times. Three times, mind you. Talk about triple jeopardy. Um, before he could get the charge to stick and result in, in a conviction. Where Trump is concerned, he never revealed his sources, denying Trump due process of law. You're always supposed to be able to know who's, who's accusing you of something. Um, his sources turned out to be a sham, and Schiff was made a mockery of during the U.S. Senate impeachment trial of President Trump. Even though every one of his accusations were refuted, he refused to recant his accusations, and in his eyes, big buggy eyes, Trump is still guilty. So when we hear the subject of Russian meddling and the election resurfacing yet again, you can well bet that Schiff is behind it, or Schiff. Okay, the next word is I-E-N, or A-Y-I-N. Interesting, because this, uh, it's Hebrew, it's a Hebrew letter, or actually a Hebrew number. It's the number four. Actually, uh, no, wait a minute. I know I, Ephes, Arba is the number four, sorry. Um, in Hebrew, I-E-N is a symbolic for the number 70. 
The year 2018 was the 70th year of modern Israel's history. Adam Schiff was at this time heavily embroiled in an effort to impeach President Trump, while Trump was performing an act of righteousness in the eyes of Yohei Bafe, Schiff was performing acts to try to thwart Trump. So on the 70th anniversary of the rebirth of Israel, a vehicle, Trump, was being used to bless Israel while being battered by the enemy, enemies of Yohei Bafe or Yahweh, but it didn't work. Okay, the next word is souls, S-O-U-L-S, right? The term is so broad that it can mean any number of things. It could mean that Schiff and Trump are embroiled in a battle for the souls of Americans. Schiff's fighting, Schiff fighting for slavery that comes with Satan and Trump fighting for the liberty that comes with, uh, Yahweh. Uh, Schiff is, uh, Schiff has a habit, um, he often inflates situations and circumstances to make a point. So this could be a reference to the COVID-19 death count which uh, much of which is inflated number, of course, um, and an inflated number and cause, too. Um, it could be re- referenced to when Adam Schiff scolded a Republican Senate for having little or no souls for finding Trump innocent of his impeachment charges. It's a term that Schiff off- uses often to gain sympathy in his causes, and which are many, and <laughs> hardly any of them are. Are good. Just the kind of guy that'll will do something nice just so he looks nice, so that the next time when he looks bad, he can say, "Look, but the last time I did it, I looked, I did a really good thing." Anyway, um, finally, it could be that Schiff is severely demon possessed. We know that demons um, that exist are the souls of the departed Nephilim. Truth be told, um, as psychotic as Schiff often looks, I think that uh, this is the best answer to the numerical match of his name. With the word souls, there's probably a bunch of Nephilim souls in there, um, in that vessel. Okay, next word that comes up is Scottish. And I, I checked lots of things. I checked the Illuminati bloodlines list. I checked the active Masonic member list. And I looked at several sources for Scottish ancestry for Adam Schiff. Nothing remotely suggests um, suggestive was ever found. So some things do come up. That don't make any sense. Okay. Some guy was probably looking up the word Scottish one day. If it was probably somebody from Britain looking up Scottish to see uh, if, if there was any bad things about Scottish people. I don't know. But um, it's a possibility. Okay. Okay. The next one is Pixar, which I found real interesting. Uh, Disney and Pixar are companies that provoke um, pedophilia. A simple gaze at symbolism used in media uh, that each company produces pr- proves um, that with little difficulty. They all use their little triangle symbols and little butterflies and everything else to denote uh, uh, children of different sexes and stuff like that. Uh, there have been rumors that associates of shift have been investigated and are arrested on pedophilia charges. These quote unquote rumors are often quickly fact-checked as lies and are quickly removed from social media sources. And that makes you really wonder, okay, um, if they're mo- removed as fast as they're put on and there's hundreds of fact-checkers, um, you got to wonder. And then um, also when you know that um, the uh, guy that made up, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I, I, this made me want to work on um, – 
Zuckerberg's uh, gematria, which I'll present at another time real soon. But uh, he's taken several uh, trips, as it, as it would seem, to uh, the places he shouldn't go. Let's just put it that way. Okay, there's another word now that has a numerical equivalent. It's called Ormus. Now, depending on what uh, source you check, the shift name, not Adam Schiff specifically, does come up in the registrars of the Illuminati members. Um, in addition, depending on the source, one will find that Adam Schiff is the progeny of one Jacob Schiff, um, who had close ties to working connections with the Rothschilds in the 19th century. Ormus is considered to be a modern alchemy, a non-modern alchemy product, where fine particles of gold are placed in water, and it's rumored to add longevity to the consumer. See, all these people that are wicked want to live longer. That's why they, they take the adrenochrome from little kids and, and drink it or inject it into them because they want to live longer, and it makes them look younger. So uh, I could find no direct tie. Well, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. Sorry. Um, Jacob Schiff was uh, related to, to Adam, but um, I don't know. And when you find out that he worked for the Rothschilds family, it's uh, it starts coming <laughs> coming undone on Adam Schiff. Okay. The word oi, like oi vey. Okay, it's the first part of a combined Yiddish word, oi vey. Uh, roughly translated, woe is me, probably uttered by Schiff during the Senate impeachment trial of Donald Trump when Schiff's accusations turned out empty and hollow. <clears throat> there are other words that can follow oi that are not as nice as oi ve. Um, okay, now this next word can be pronounced two different ways. It's either, well, it's probably zep, zepper because it starts with an X, Z-E-P-E-R, and I don't think it's exeper. So let's just call it Zipper. Okay. This word can possibly be ascribed to Adam Schiff, the man de determined to prove himself to be the living embodiment of truth and justice, yet without any manifestation to prove his claim. He's made up the uh, Trump impeachment based on lies and innuendos and refuses to reveal the sources, as we've said before, um, and let the uh, accused face accusers, cl claiming that the accusers choose to remain anonymous. Um, the inform you know, I've had that happen to me at work. <laughs> you know, you get blackballed, then you try to find out who your accuser is, and nobody will tell you. Um, anyway, uh, the information below has to do with the Temple of Set, which is the Egyptian Satanism, form of Satanism, actually. Here's the definition of Zephyr as it relates to Satanism. Okay. Here we go. You ready for this? Put on your understanding hats. Okay, the human individual is at the center of Setian philosophy, or the philosophy of Set, let's put it that way. The temple places great emphasis on the development of the individual, postulating self-deification, or proclaiming yourself God is what that means, as the ultimate goal. The realization of the true nature of the Setian is termed becoming, or coming into being and it is represented by the Egyptian hieroglyphic term Hefer or Zephyr a phonetic of XPR okay 
as the Temple of Sit prefers to write it. This, uh, they prefer to write it that way, XPR. Okay. Uh, the term is described in the book of the coming forth by night as the word of the aeon of set. Members attempt to preserve and strengthen their isolate, their isolate uh, psyche centric existence through adherence to the left handed path. This idea is the opposition of the traditional goal of hermetic and Western mystical practices, which is surrendering of the ego into the union with their God of the universe or the universe. Um, if you study the left hand, it's real interesting because the left is in, um, in many cultures is considered to be evil. Um, God always says that Yeshua is sitting on his right hand. And Yeshua said that some people will sit on his right hand, meaning at his at his right hand or the right side of him. Um, usually, if there was a son that had a good son, the son sat on the good son sat on the right hand, the evil son sat on the left hand. And if you sat on the left hand, everybody pretty well knew you were evil. Okay. <clears throat> Yeshua used the term um, about the um, about the left uh, the left hand um, in one of his uh, parables too. Um, let's see. Okay. The temple teaches that the, the true self or essence is immortal and Zephyr is the ability to align consciousness with the, with this essence. Aquino taught that there is an afterlife for those who have reached a necessary level of individual development. This afterlife could occur in the individual subjective universe. That's interesting. Subjective universe. It's the universe the way you think it is. Okay. Those unable to reach this level um, dissolve into non-existence when a physical body dies. Self-initiation is is knowledge understood as a conjunction of intellect and intuition. In keeping with its emphasis on the individual, the temple encourages their members to celebrate their own birthday and does not prescribe any other calendar or religious festivities. And it was a Wikipedia on Wikipedia forward slash wiki forward slash temple of set. And there's underscores between those three words. Um, hashtag self uh, dash deification underscore and underscore Zephyr. Z-E-P-E-R. Zephyr, I guess. Anyway. The next phrase that comes up is kind of strange. Uh, it's called spill the beans. This term is an antithesis of what Adam Schiff is all about. He demands that his victims reveal sources and produce, produce witnesses, but refuses to do the same when presenting a case. Typical do as I say and not as I do sort of guy. Yeah, he is the uh, living embodiment of do as I say and not as I do. Okay. Next one was very interesting, um, and it was Dr. Moreau, like the member of the island of Dr. Moreau, if you're a sci-fi fan, or maybe that's more of a horror fan or a combination. Anyway, this is where things start to get interesting. It's uh, plain to me that Adam Schiff is either severely demon-possessed, or he's a product of DNA tampering or genetic engineering. The word value here doesn't denote whether Shift is actually Dr. Moreau or a product of Dr. Moreau. 
And when we want to read about Dr. Moreau, it says, Moreau was the main antagonist in H.G. Wells' 1896 science fiction novel, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Great movie, too. you got to watch it. Um, he's a brilliant surgeon forced to relocate to a deserted island when it was discovered that he was performing vivisection or live dissection upon animals. His ultimate goal was to form animals into human beings. Boy, doesn't that sound like our modern DNA research? And it also happened before the flood, too. And then Yeshua said that it's going to be just like before the flood when he comes back. Things are starting to really come into uh, light here looking at this. Okay. All right. The next word was Layla, L-A-Y-L-A-H. Okay. Now, keeping in mind that um, at Jacob Schiff was a powerful man that worked for the Rothschild family who came to America to set up shop for that family. It's not surprising that the name Layla is associated with Adam Schiff, and here's why. Uh, again, I can find no direct tie between Jacob and Adam, but this sometimes happens in Illuminati families, sometimes through intermarriage or sometimes through the relationship, although uh, not direct, uh, comes through an insignificant, historically speaking, brother or uncle or such but the same bloodline still. Uh, the name Layla is steeped in Jewish mysticism and without the vowels, uh, which are not there in the ancient Hebrew, equate to the consonantal root L-Y-L. Remember I said David was DVD? Well, Layla is, Layla is L-Y-L and is shared with the mythical character of Lilith. And boy, if you want to read some strange stuff, read about Lilith who, according to the uh, Jewish folklore, was a demonic uh, princess created at the same time as Adam and was his first wife, again, according to myth and not fact. Make sure you remember that. <laughs> okay. Um, below, aside from the tradition, traditional myth of uh, Layla, we learn that a woman named Layla was a consort of the infamous Aleister Crowley. Ooh, is it getting deeper? I love when things get deeper. Um, Aleister Crowley, probably one of the most wicked men that ever walked the face of the earth. I used to call himself the beast. Um, and, and talking about the biblical beast. Uh, perhaps I will do a Gramatria search after on him after this one, which I got to remember to do. Uh, below are two accounts of the name Layla, one from rabbinic tradition sources and the other uh, concerns Crowley's cohort or consort. Excuse me. Um, I place these here because if Adam Schiff is part of the Illuminati bloodline or at least very or at the very least is controlled by them, it would make sense that he would be associated with the name Layla. Unless Schiff comes out with some sort of data that shows that. He is involved in the Illuminati, direct Satanism, or anything of the sort. The only clues that we have is that he fights for their causes, and he does have the appearance many times that something uh, other than the soul of Adam Shift is controlling his character, or maybe the character is wearing a Shift suit, so to speak. Okay, so let's go into the first one here. The name Layla, and this is spelled L-A-I-L-A-H, is the same as the Hebrew word for for night. Uh, and in Hebrew, it's spelled L-A-Y-L-A-H. The, uh, the identification of the word night as the name of an angel originated with the interpretation of Rabbi Yochanan, possibly Yochanan ben Yizakai, uh, 
circa uh, 30 through 90 uh, A.D. It says C.E. here, and I refuse to use that term, sorry. It's not the current era. It's the year of our Lord. Anyway, the rabbi, um, possibly Yohanan ben Zakkai, who uh, read, and I quote, At night, Abraham and his servants deployed against them and defeated them. And uh, this is the Jewish uh, the Jewish um, press um, Bible. Uh, I can't remember. It's the JPS Bible, uh, Genesis 14, 14, as um, by an angel called Night. And that's in Sanhedrin 96A. And again, I'm going to say that I don't get into um, the Talmud. Never have, never will. But I can quote from it if it has something to do with this. Okay. Uh, the noun for night in the Semitic language, this is derived from the triconsonantal root L-Y-L, also found in Arabic Layla, or which also means night. The root is um, also shared with the Hebrew noun Lilith, or night creature, uh, one origin of the Lilith myth. Okay. The ending La is, is feminine. Layla is the only angel with feminine name and its distinctly feminine characteristics. Um, and that's in wikipedia.org slash forward slash wiki forward slash Layla, L-A-I-L-A-H. And I don't believe that there are female angels. I believe that if one does manifest, it's a male angel manifesting as a female angel, just like I believe it's a, a male fallen angel. And, and that's what I meant to say up there too, that, uh, that comes in the name of uh, the Virgin Mary, who first will always start to ascribe glory to Jesus. But by the end of her discourses and her appearing at a certain place, will always want herself to be worshipped. Check it out. It always happens in every Mary apparition. Okay. And then I say here, but it even gets deeper. Leila Ida Nerissa Bathurst Waddle also known as Layla, same spelling, L-A-Y-L-A-H, uh, born 10th of, uh, 10th of August, 1880, uh, died the 13th of September, 1932, was a violinist, daughter of an Irish Irish immigrants to Australia, uh, David uh, Waddle of Bathurst and, and Randwick. She became a famed scarlet woman of Alistair Crowley and a powerful historical figure in magic. Magic, I said. And Thelema, which is another form of magic, it's more like incantations in her own right. Okay. She was familiarly addressed by Crowley as Layla and was immortalized in his 1912 volume, The Book of Lies and his, and his autobiography, The Confessions of Aleister Crowley. <clears throat> Crowley referred to her variously as the Divine Whore, the Mother of Heaven, Sister Sybil, Scarlet Woman and the Whore of Babylon. <laughs> Jeez. Do you think he didn't love her? Um, Crowley's famous book of lies was largely de- dedicated to Waddle with poems like Duck-Billed Platypus and Warata Blossoms. A photograph of her in a ritual is reproduced in the volume. Waddle herself was an accomplished writer, magician, um, in October, November 1910, Crowley, Crowley starred Waddle and other members of his magical order in the Argentium Astrum 
in his series of dramatic planetary-based magical rites, the rites of Eleusius at London's Caxton Hall. Um, in 1912, Waddle and Feller Crowley students Mary Desty and Mary Butts were giving co-authorship credit on Crowley's Magic, Book 4, as they wrote down his words, helped shape them by asking defining questions, and elicited Crowley's commentary on pertinent points. Now, the interesting thing about this is that um, Crowley I think it was in the early 1900s, was in Central Park, New York, and he had a, a mass seance uh, slash uh, calling up of demonic entities. And um, <clears throat> that night, according to him, um, there appeared to him <clears throat> an entity called Lamb, L-A-M, and he drew a picture of Lamb. And if you look at the picture, it looks just like the... Um, the um, the weird-shaped headed uh, gray aliens that we see that people describe coming UFOs nowadays. So um, if he was calling that up from hell, we know that the aliens don't come from other worlds. They come from the underworld or and or um, other dimensions um, in our own physical universe. Okay, which... Um, there's another word now that comes up, and it's Lamashtu. Now, I just told you about Lam, right? And this name is Lamashtu. Now, it's, believe it or not, this is one of the craziest or the easiest numerical uh, equivalents to associate with Adam Schiff. Below, I will cite data on this demonic creature, and we'll give you the stats for Adam Schiff on the abortion issue. Okay? Okay. And this is from uh, wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash lamached. And it's spelled L-A-M-A-S-H-T. Okay. And it states, the Mesopotamia, in Mesopotamian mythology, Lamashtu, um, in, in brackets, this is Akkadian, Dimastu, Sumerian, Dimi, D-Dimi, or... Kama Demi was a female demon monster, malevolent, malevolent goddess or demigoddess who menaced women during childbirth and, if possible, kidnapped their children while they were breastfeeding. She would gnaw on their bones and suck their blood. Boy, doesn't that sound like what the elites do nowadays, huh? As well as being charged with a number of other evil deeds. She was the daughter of the sky god Anu which is interesting because if you look at the Mesopotamian account of uh, creation, it talks about the Anunnaki. Okay. All right. Now, another website sums up Lamashtu like this. Lamastu, also written Lamashtu, uh, Lamashtu. Yeah, okay, it's the same. It just has different uh, vowel uh, consonants. Anyway, um, was an evil and malevolent demon goddess within the Mesopotamian pantheon as the daughter of the god of An. 
and a member of Sirius at Anu, the god of Anne, and acting according to her own initiative rather than at the god's instructions, she represented something more than the unusual, than the usual demonic power. The writing of her name in cuneiform further suggests that Lamastu was uh, considered a goddess in her own right. Lamastu practiced evil apparently for its, for its own sake. She practiced evil just because it was evil. Uh, her primary victims considered her to be unborn children and newborn babies. Uh, partial birth uh, abortion. How about that, huh? See, history always repeats itself. Pregnant women were therefore also her targets, the master generally being held responsible for miscarriage and clot death among babies. It's believed it was believed in the first instance that the wearing of by the expectant mother of an amuletic um, bronze head of the demon Pazuzu might thwart the goddess and her evil plans. Another uh, apotropaic uh, device in warding off. Lamastu was positioning of the so-called Lamastu plaques of metal or stone about the house. These included, including a depiction of Pazuzu forcing Lamastu back into the underworld from whence she came. Rather than a pregnant woman, however, these plaques depict a bedridden man, suggesting Lamastu was also associated with disease. Finally, the ritual offering of centipedes and brooches, amongst other items, were considered to distract Lamastu from her intent. Her intent. Interesting. So basically, she was the god of abortion. And Adam, let's see, let's continue here. Uh, the fact that the definition of the deeds of this demonic goddess parallels many of the practices of modern-day abortion and infant-child abduction shows us that nothing is new under the sun. Adam Schiff, by proxy and support of abortion, is and, and support of abortion, in, in type worships this demonic goddess. So. I see it as no coincidence that both would bear the same gematria numeric value. Finally, as promised, here's a list of the legislation that shows that Adam Schiff has voted on this issue, showing that he affirms the action of Lamatsu. Okay, January 2001, he supports the right to choose. He voted no on banning federal health coverage that includes, that includes abortion. And that was in May of 2011. January of 2007, he voted yes on expanding research to more embryonic stem cell lines. And they get that from little babies. Um, May of 2005, voted yes on allowing human embryonic stem cell research. Uh, April 2005, voted no on restricting interstate transport of minors to get abortions. Real nice guy, isn't he? Um, let's see. Next one. Voted no to make it a, a crime to harm a fetus during another crime. You know, that, that that's a bastard. I'm sorry, but, you know, in most cases, if you if you shoot the mother and the mother and the baby die, you're charged to uh, the shooter is charged with uh, two counts of murder. It's basically the only time a baby has any rights. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I should say a baby inside the womb has any rights. Um, 
and he imposed that. Um, okay, uh, October 2003 voted no on banning partial birth abortion except to save the mother's life. Okay, go back down here. Um, February 2003 voted no on forbidding human cloning for reproduction and medical research. So he um, he's for cloning. He's for DNA manipulation. Gee, I wonder why. Maybe because he's a product of it himself. Okay, next one. There's only two more. Uh, voted no on funding for health providers who don't provide abortion info. Uh, September of 2002, that was. So if you work in a clinic um, that uh, maybe tries to dissuade a woman from getting an abortion, you're not going to get any federal help. Okay, and then the last one voted no on banning family planning funding for the U.S. Aid, for in U.S. and aid abroad. So it's for family planning. Oh, there's more. Sorry. Um, I didn't see this next page. A lot more bullet points. Uh, another bullet point rated 100% by NARAL, and I'll tell you what that is in a second, indicating a pro-choice voting record December 2003, and that stands for the National Abortion Rights Action League. Okay. Um, he's for emergency contraceptive for rape victims in all, at all hospitals, and that was September 2006. Um you know, if that would have happened, Beethoven would have never been born. Um, rated 0% by the NL NRLC, indicating a pro-choice stance, and that was December 2006. December 2013, uh, ban anti-abortion limitations on abortion services. Um, January 2015, access safe legal abortions without restrictions. Man, it almost makes you wish that Abortion would have been around when Adam Schiff was in his mother's belly, and she would have been for it. I bet you then the shoe would be on the other foot, huh? He'd say, no, 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 can't do that. Okay. Anyway, funding abortion avoids the criminalization against poor women. That was in January 2015. Um, May of 2015, constitutional right to terminate pregnancy for health. Um, February 2007, ensure access to and funding for contraception. Uh, let's see, February 10th. All right, and the next one, and the last, as I can tell. Focus on preventing pregnancy plus emergency contraceptives, and that was January of 2009. And I'm going to come right out with it, folks, and say that I'm not against the pill. Okay. Um, a baby does not become a human being until it has 46 chromosomes. Okay. And if the egg is aborted and women abort eggs all the time, that's what, that's what uh, a woman's issue is. Right. Am I right about that? Yes, I am right about that. Um, so if, uh, if the woman's body does it, then, um, Making a drug that to cause a woman's body not to make eggs or not to drop eggs, I don't see anything wrong with. You can be mad at me if you want to, but um, unless that uh, zygote has 46 chromosomes, it's not a human being yet. Okay, the next word is axios, A-X-I-O-S. This is a Greek word that means worthy. 
in most senses of the meaning. Anyway, um, in Strong's, it's uh, number 514, uh, would be G514, um, probably from uh, G71, deserving, comparable, or suitable as of drawing praise, due reward, uh, meet unworthy. Uh, Thayer's uh, Greek lexicon, axios, weighing, have weight, having the weight of another thing like that of value, um, worth as much. Uh, second meaning is befitting, congruous, corresponding to a thing. Uh, third meaning of one who has merited anything worthy. And 3A, uh, that goes along with that, both in a good and bad sense. So that pretty well describes him right there. And it's an adjective. Now, notice that the word can mean being worthy of good or bad things. I'm sure that Adam Schiff wouldn't think that he's worthy of praise, wouldn't, would think that he's worthy of praise for what he sees as act of righteousness, character traits. But having observed him during various governmental functions that have been aired on TV or the radio, the man has narcissistic traits and that of a sociopath. And I'm going to go as far as to say that if he's for a portion, he's probably a psychopath. Um, one has to wonder what sort of psychotropic drugs that politicians in Washington are taking uh, to take to take on the appearance of being halfway sane. In his case, I don't think he's taking anything. Um, okay, the next word was FDNY, thinking that aside from this being an acronym for the Fire Department in New York, this also might be an acronym for something federal since the first letter is an F, but a search yielded nothing of that nature, so there's nothing but a coincidence. Okay, it's another one. See, they do come up once in a while. Next word is hunger pain or words. Um, to his credit, Adam Schiff has been raising money to support food banks in his congressional district, so he's been active at staving off hunger pains uh, to some of his constituents. On the flip side, there's no indication to suggest that he has done anything to provide assistance to get people to the point where they're making a living so as to permanently stave off hunger. Like uh, the typical leftist, he throws money at an issue rather than solve the foundational issue of the issue of the issue. Foundational issue of the issue. That's interesting. Have to fix that word. Um, anyway, liberals always throw money at things and hope it'll go away. But uh, there's an old saying, if you if you fish for a man and catch a fish, you feed him for a day. But if you teach him to fish, you fed him for a lifetime. Adam Fish, Adam Fish, Adam, <laughs> sorry, that's funny. Um, Adam Schiff teach, uh, catches fish for men, but he doesn't teach him how to fish. So they're basically always in his debt. Okay, the next words that come up are Obama trees and ooh, good one. Um, as time marches forward, it's become evident that Obama has been active in performing a treasonous soft coup against President Trump. The Russian Spygate scandal was organized by Obama, and Schiff was the bastard child of this treasonous act, making up accusations and using fictitious characters to bring forth charges. Plain and simple. Okay, the next word is... Um, Yain, Y-A-I-N. This is actually a proper first name for male. I found it interesting that the first entry in the Google search engine was from a Kabbalah website that tells about names. 
Now, again, I'm not a Kabbalist. I don't believe in Kabbalah, but it's interesting that this word, it's a Kabbalistic word, that Shift is probably a Illuminati member and that they're in the Kabbalah. Okay. Um, I've looked up many proper na- first names before and never had that happen. People named Yain are said to have the following characteristics according to Kabbalah. Notice, note that I do not endorse Kabbalah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. And according to the uh, Kabbalists, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I am so far from that that I just don't even want to, I wish this word wasn't here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, and, and, they, and they state your name. Your name of Yane has made you a hard worker with a meticulous sense of detail. You have a great deal of patience and independence, and you can be relied upon completely to complete your undertakings. You are stable, trustworthy, home-loving, and logical in practical matters, but rather irresponsive to suggestions from others. Yeah. Um, you are thorough and need to see proof before accepting new ideas. Okay. Well, let's look, go through every these one, one by one. That's a bunch of bupkis because he didn't have proof with Spygate, yet, yet he brought it forth and turned it into an idea. Um, I don't know if he's home-loving. He's definitely not stable. He's not trustworthy. Um, he's not logical in practical matters um, because the coup that he was working with was very impractical. Um, but he is unresponsive to suggestions from others. You don't know how many people asked him to see the evidence, and he said no. Um, I don't think he has patience. You could tell by the way he hems and haws and huffs and everything else when he's not getting his way. Um, he does have independence to a degree. Um, and they I guess they did rely on him to uh, complete his, his undertakings, even though they didn't go anywhere. He is a hard worker. If you look up his his history, he's he's a lawyer that's fought for a lot of good things. I have to say that, you know, it's it's true. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's a good man. <laughs> Sometimes people do stuff like that just so that they can look good on paper and in the public eye. Um, since a uh, hard worker with a meticulous sense of detail, well, yeah, if the detail's true, then that's true, but. Um, well, actually, maybe that is true because he put a lot of detail into nothing. He made a story out of nothing, actually, and tried to prove it to the American public. Thank God it got killed in the Senate. Um, he's not, he is thorough, but, um, he doesn't need to see proof before accepting new ideas because if he did, that impeachment thing never would have happened. He does resist change. He's a he's a Marxist-Leninist, and uh, he will not change, um, no matter how bad he sees Marxism and Leninism, and um, he uh, he wants that for our government and for our people, which makes him a traitor. Anyway, this name limits your vision and imagination, but you could be inventive along practical lines. Well, he was inventive, but it didn't go anywhere. Um, at times, you will find it difficult to express the depth of your feelings for those you love. Not going to go there. 
um, weaknesses and the health. Uh, and it goes into his um, his health a little bit too. It says weaknesses in health could affect the intestinal organs. Well, we'll probably never know that, or cause glandular conditions. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. Problems from head tensions affecting the eyes, ears, sinuses, and teeth could arise. And um, there is a, a source down here. You just have to read the article. It's from Cavalarians.com. I'll just say that. Um, his eyes are weird. He's got Marty Feldman eyes. Um, he has to have something called uh, Cushing's disease or Hashimoto's disease, um, which affects uh, what it does is it causes your body to produce excessive amounts of um, thyroid hormone, which causes hyperthyroidism um, to uh, the nth degree and causes the eye to, eyes to bulge. Um, it's been speculated Adam Schiff might suffer from Graves' disease. I'm sorry, I got the wrong disease. Um, an autoimmune disorder that causes the body to see the tissues around the eyes as invasive tissue, thus causing swelling. An actor named Marty Feldman had Graves' disease, which ultimately killed him. You might remember him as Igor on uh, Young Frankenstein. He was in several different works, um, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the eyes are a dead giveaway. Okay, the next word, and we're getting into some really weird and long words here. Turbinidae. Uh, Turbinidae is an extinct fossilized worm or mollusk. Possibly this is a reference that uh, once Schiff is out of politics, by whatever means, his memory or legacy will someday be something that will be relegated to dank and dark storeroom where his remembrance will cease to exist. Um, in the eternal scheme of things, this is definitely true. Or, you know, he'll be seen as a relic of... Um, of destruction, which is what fossils are. They're a relic of destruction. Uh, the flood. When God destroyed the earth. Okay. Then there's a word called Felix Adler. Okay. It's all one word in this thing, but um, this is actually the name Felix Adler. Uh, research into Felix Adler yielded two results. Uh, the first one, Felix Adler, August 13, 1851 to April 24, 1933, was a German-American professor of poli political and social ethics, rationalist, influential lecturer on youth in Asia, religious leader and social reformer who founded the ethical cultural movement. And that's not as good as it sounds. Okay. And the other one is Frank Bartlett Adler, better known <laughs> by his stage name, Felix Adler, uh, June 17, 1895 through February 1st, 1960, born in Clinton, Iowa, was a circus performer and an entertainer known as the King of Clowns. I think that's a better, um, uh, a better way to describe him. Uh, who performed for Ringling Brothers, Barman Bailey, for 20 years. He was inducted into International Clown Hall of Fame in 1989. Adam Schiff, see your future, be your future. Because if you're going to be famous for anything, it's for being a clown and a stooge. Uh, truth, be truth be told, excuse me, the attributes of both men can be seen in the character of Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff uh, voted in favor of Obamacare, which 
has a death clause within its pages, in other words, euthanasia, which would mirror the thoughts of German, the German professor. On the other hand, the clown Felix Adler was said to have a white face with rosy cheeks and his antics and mannerisms during times of anger are, are clown-like, speaking of Adam Schiff. Okay. The next word was Sarah Nicole Dean. Uh, no reference whatsoever. Most likely some person looking at their name on a, on a uh, gematria calculator. Next one's very interesting. Beheading humans. This is probably one of the simpler ones to define. Schiff is a leftist. This is this is the intent on. Excuse me. Schiff is a leftist that is intent on changing the foundation of the republic and establishing a socialist form of government. This will ultimately lead result into what the Bible calls the kingdom of the beast, which will have a mode of capital execution that is beheading. Um, the uh, book of Revelation is quite clear about that. Um, and it gets to the point where the people that are sit, laying before, not laying, but bowed before the throne with their heads, by the way, um, cry out to the Lord and say, how long is it going to be until you have vengeance on what they did to us? So um, the next one is Cagas Felix. The most references were to people with Spanish combined surnames with no connection to Adam Schiff. The next one is hilarious. I'm not normal is the phrase. Oh, excuse me. Um, this is a moral ethics statement. So to get the brass tacks, let's define what normal normal is, keeping his oath and to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. That's what normal would be. Schiff has offended the Constitution several times, countless, let's say, and has participated in an attempted coup to oust an illegally elected president of our republic. It's not normal to vote for a health care system that will bankrupt this country, and it's not normal to prosecute an individual without giving that person a right to do process of law. So, no, Adam Schiff is far from normal, and he's probably not normal when it comes to what sanity is defined as, seeing that pathologically he's all over the map. The next word is kumku. This relates to the Mayan calendar, and I find nothing that would relate to Adam Schiff, although I didn't investigate it deep enough um, because it would have been a long, long study. Uh, but I could find nothing in the Mayan calendar. I looked at uh, 2012 to see if anything special happened on that year with Adam Schiff. Nothing, because 2012 was supposed to be the year that the Mayan calendar ended. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there are many Mayan calendars and where the 2012 one left off, another one picked up. So um, that was another fallacy that was out there to upset people and get everybody all excited over nothing. Okay. The next word is very, well, let's see. No, the next word is corrupt, K-R-U-P-T. It's urban street talk that, defi- that is defined as corrupt. The rest is self-explanatory. <laughs> he is corrupt. He's one of the most corrupt politicians that there is. Probably right up there with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Dianne Feinstein and um, the uh, the trio that's up there. Um, the next word is cir- circulo or circul- circulinear. Sorry, it's getting late, folks. 
It is uh, a little after midnight. So anyway, uh, looking for a link between Adam Schiff and this word yielded. Very interesting page. The name uh, circulinear is a strange idea because circular means arcs or circles, and linear means you know, it's more or less a straight line, um, at least in Euclidean geometry. Uh, the website that I found uses the terms circulinear to offer solutions to move the world economy into a circular production. Let me present to you their page, where which they offer to use a new sort of reasoning with the United Nations interests to change the world as we know it. Okay. So the first part of that page said, Transition to Circular Economy. Uh, we are a network of researchers, designers, engineers, and business people who offer access to networks, research projects, and help to, helps to businesses to enter the transition form of linear to circular production. If that doesn't bother you, then you need to read, hear that again, or re, you know, stop it and play it back right now, um, because it works into the next parts. Uh, the next uh, section was sustainable development goals. We provide research, workshops, and hands-on experience about how to adapt, use, and communicate the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals into your business. Did you hear that? They want businesses to be to adapt the United Nations model. Research partners is the next section. We're always looking for research partners to develop new insights and knowledge about transition to the circular economy. When you say, when you hear a circular, well, I'll go into that. I'm sure I go into that here. Um, he says, as we already participate in all kinds of national, uh, Danish and international design, engineering, and business research projects within sustainability, circular economy, and or materials science, we provide high-level knowledge and access to scholars and researchers in a wide variety of branches, business models, and challenges. Again, remember, under the UN. Commercial services is the next section. We also help you find a design for your company's change. And by doing so, we can help you find the best experts and design facilitators, as well as we can assist in the transition. Ooh, transition. Do not hesitate to reach out. We'll do our best to help you according to your financial business positions and wishes. I would not call them with a phone that had 15,000 different ways of them not to find where I live. Um, let's see. The next section, we are circular we are a network of researchers, designers, and engineers, and business people who offer access to networks. I hope I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, access networks, research projects, and help you to enter the transition form or from linear to circular economy. Remember that, circular economy and production. We work with innovators, co uh, corporate institutions, researchers, public and private companies, NGOs, and sustainable and social entrepreneurs all over the world. We believe in the forces of networking and creating partnerships for sustainable change. Um, and that's from circulinear.com. Now, let me ask you a question about something. 
when I think of a linear economy, I think of, let's just say that I were to start a business, okay? And I'm going to probably have to take money out of a bank to start the business and hope and pray that the business works out so I can pay the bank back. If I have a successful business model and it's in something that people want on a linear scale, I should go from zero, the lower left-hand corner, and over time go all the way up to the upper right-hand corner because my business would have been successful. I would have made money. I would have hired new employees. I would have sold more things, and I would have invented more things to sell. That's the linear model. The circular model, when I think of economy, is being successful and then having other people come in and take any excess of success that you have and take it and give it to others, a.k.a. communism. That's exactly what the redistribution of wealth is. It's letting you accumulate wealth, then saying, hey, you have all this wealth over here, and this guy's got nothing. So what we're going to do is we're going to take all of your extra, and we're going to redistribute your wealth to these other people who have nothing. Now, those other people may fail. They probably will because they didn't do anything to make the money. They just received it. They'll probably go out and buy big screen televisions and do all kinds of stupid things with the money that they get. Maybe one out of every 100 will start another business. But they're not going to want to start another business because they know that when they get prosperous, somebody else is going to come and take their money and give it to the same people that got the money before and did nothing with it. Okay, this is communism. This is socialism. And this is not what we want for our country We do not need the United Nations meddling in our affairs. and But this is exactly what Adam Schiff and all the leftists and all the communists that are in in power now want to do. They constantly talk about redistributing wealth, taking from the rich and giving to the poor. They want to be modern-day Robin Hoods, but they're modern-day robbers because they'll take... 90% of your excess, they'll keep 50% of what they take, if not more, and give the rest to the poor, which turns out to be nothing. We saw this with the the Clinton um, bailout of um, Haiti. All the money that they received, and I think they built maybe two or three buildings with it, and that was it, and offered no other aid. The rest of it went into the Clinton Foundation and disappeared. And went to Bill and Hillary and Chelsea as um, income. Okay. That was their wages. That's how they got paid. And meanwhile, people in Haiti starved, died. um, Starved because they didn't have water. They didn't have food. They didn't have clothing. They didn't have shelter. And I'm telling you, there's a day coming, folks, when people like the Clintons are going to regret what they did. But you know what? They're so brazen that they're going to stand in front of God and they're going to say, we didn't do anything wrong. 
hey, look, we collected all this money. Well, we couldn't help it if, you know, so much of it went to um, expenses and so much of it went to administrative fees and and everything else. And they're, I, I, I kid you not, they're going to actually try to hoodwink the Lord of the universe, the God that knows everything. I, I, I'm not a betting man and I would never bet in heaven because it's fruitless, but I, I would bet you everything that that's going to be their defense. And if, and a hand is going to come out pointing towards the lake of fire and he's going to say, I never knew you go now to where a place that was assigned for the devil and his angels. And, uh, and it's not going to be a pretty thing, folks. Uh, not to mention all the lives they've taken through murder and uh, supposed suicides and drug overdoses and everything else that they've orchestrated to get rid of the people that could turn them over to the authorities. But the authorities are just as corrupt as they are, so it really wouldn't matter, right? Okay, and I continue. When I think of economics, I think of linear. I start off uh, small and gradually moving up and out. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, for instance, when I started working back in the 1970s, the dishwasher made a $1.76 an hour. That was in 1974, 75, right around there. Uh, whereas my... Wages today are many times more than that, and I have benefits and such. Uh, my line started at the bottom left and moved up to the upper right of the graph box. And, you know, had I taken other routes, it could have moved even farther up and it would have been a bigger graph, but it is what it is, and I'm not complaining. Uh, let's see, my line started at the bottom left and moved to the upper right of the graph box as I grew older, and gain more experience and change professions several times. A circular model would not afford me a better wage. Perhaps a circle could get bigger, but circles always bring you back to where you were before. Circular linear to me suggests what the United Nations has mapped out for this world, a redistribution of wealth until everything, until everyone makes the same. See what, what is the, what's the incentive to become a doctor or a lawyer Aside from altruistic reasons, of course, but we know that doctors and lawyers make a lot of money. We know that corporate executives make a lot of money. Um, and we know that, you know, other fields of science and technology, people like make a lot of money. But if everybody's going to get the same, what's the sense of inventing something that's going to revolutionize the world? Because, you know, you're not going to get anything up from it and you're even going to get the idea stolen away from you and the, and you won't be able to have the copyright or make any money from that. So um, it's a lose-lose situation. And I wish these idiots up in Portland would realize that um, because <laughs> what they want has never worked in the history of mankind and never will work in the history of mankind. Yes, it'll be forced upon people for a period of about seven years, um, but it's going to get so bad that Yeshua is going to have to come back and rescue us from this this form of uh, robbery in the form of government. Um, so I said, we know this to be communism. It never works except for the Bolsheviks that run things while the masses wait in bread lines and suffer suppression. But um, isn't that what socialist uh, leftists want us to do, want for us to? Um, 
what were once public servants elected for office in their Oakley arcs that try to outspend each other with our money to win elections based on unkept promises. Adam Schiff knows that although the illusion knows that although the illusion is that the ele- that he's elected to a political office, he's really a leader and not a public servant. The numerical value for his name shows us that he's leading us into slavery, not freedom. Now another word came up, uh, another phrase called Ur Moon. U R M O O N. Okay, Ur was the uh, ancient Sumerian city. Uh, it was an ancient Sumerian city. Uh, information about the city is quite extensive. Uh, scripture says that Abraham came from Ur of the Chaldees. A description of Ur is as follows. Okay, it was known as Uri, Urim, Urim, Akkadian, uh, called, the Akkadians called it Uru. Um, anyway, it was an important Sumerian city, state, city state. Um, in ancient Mesopotamia, located at the site of modern Tel El Mukayar, um, in South Iraq's, um, Dikar Governate. Although Ur was once a coastal city near the mouth of the Euphrates on the Persian Gulf, the coastline has shifted and the city is now well inland on the south bank of the Euphrates. 16 kilometers or 9.9 miles from the Nasiriya, uh, in modern day Iraq. The city dates back from uh, back to Urbaid period, circa 3800 BC, and is recorded in written history as a city-state from the 26th century BC. Its first recorded king being Masanepada. The city's patron deity was Nana. In Arcadian, uh, that same entity was called Sin. Uh, the Sumerian and Akkadian or the Assyrian Babylonian moon god. Uh, the name of the city uh, is in origin derived from the god's name, Unug, literally the abode of Unug, or of Nana. And source was Wikipedia, forward slash wiki, forward slash er, you are. So what does this have to do with Adam Schiff? If you notice from the text above, Ur was the moon god, of certain cities in Mesopotamia. There's another religion today that carries on the tradition, but under a different name, that name being Allah. Before Muhammad's time, the Arab tribes worshipped Allah, but he was not equated with the God of the Bible. Yodhe-Bavhe, or Yahweh, was equated with being... Equated with being... No, 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 no. Okay, let me start again. (laughs) Not equated with being the God of the Bible, Yahweh, comma. He was equated with being a moon God, the same as Ur. Allah is not Yahweh, and Yahweh is not Allah. In fact, the word Allah found in Scripture and defined, and it's defined thusly, um, and one of the places you find it is Numbers 5.21. It's a noun. It's the... Uh, if you were to look up uh, Strong's, it's the the letter or the word H423, and the word is Allah, or Allah, um, an imp- imp- imprecation, a cursing, a curse, an extrication, an oath, a swearing. And whenever you look at Hebrew and you look at a noun, 
there's always a word that goes with it, a verb that goes with it. And likewise, if there's a verb, there's a noun that goes with it. Okay. And you should always look up both words because they describe each other. So the verb is H422. It's also pronounced Allah. It's a primitive root, properly to adjure. That is usually in a bad sense, imprecate, adjure, curse, or swear. Okay. The word imprecate is interesting. The angels that sinned in Genesis chapter 6. Let me read that for you here. And it came to pass that when the children of men had multiplied, that in those days were born to them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of heaven, saw the, and lusted after them and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men and beget us children. And Semyaza, um, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear you, I fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of a great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath and bind ourselves by mutual imprecation. Okay, there's that word imprecation. Not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. Then they swore, then swore they all together and bound themselves. Okay, so there's perfectly a definition of how it's used. Uh, they, they, uh, all swore together. They imprecated together to do this evil thing and to band together and not to think on one another <laughs> and to, to take the penalty all, all together. Okay. The fallen angels, the son of God, swore oath that they would all sin together and they would all pay the penalty together if one brought, if one was brought against them and one certainly was brought against them later on. Adam Schiff is a big proponent of furthering Islam with the borders, within the borders of the United States. If he is a Jew, remember the Rothschild connection, uh, then he's a self-hating Jew because he's, an, uh, he's allying himself with Islam which is one of the largest Jewish hating organizations, far excelling in any number the Nazis and other anti-Semitic peoples combined. Uh, Schiff even went as far as to endorse CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations, an organization that funnels funds to Islamic terrorists around the world. Um, and then they take that money and they kill Jews with it. And, and other uh, people of the book, uh, here is his endorsement. He's talking about CARE. He says, founded in 1994, CARE is America's largest Muslim civil advocacy organization and a council's work in Los Angeles, the state of California, and across the nation is most appreciated. And that's Representative Adam B. Schiff, Democrat of California, September of 2013. And again, uh, CARE's vision and mission is more important now than ever before to be a leading advocate for justice and mutual understanding and enhance understanding of Islam. And again, that was Representative Adam Schiff, Schiff, excuse me, Democrat of California, October 2017. And that source was slash Adam underscore Schiff. Okay. Put it all together. Adam Schiff is a perfect numerical match for the Ermoon. The match where you hit this nail square on the head. Okay, the next word is halal, H-A-Y-L-A-L. This word is used more than one time in the Tanakh. This word is used one time in the Tanakh, excuse me, in Isaiah 14:12, and it's used to describe Lucifer. 
Um, it's the noun. It's um, H uh, 1966. Um, that's interesting. Um, Hillel from H 1984 in, in a sense of brightness, the morning star or Lucifer. Um, and then the verb for that Hillel um, is H 1984. Um, it's a primitive root to be clear. Um, origin of sound, but usually of color, to shine, hence to make a show, to boast, and thus be clamorously foolish, to rave causatively, to celebrate, also stultify, to make make boasts of self, to celebrate, commend, uh, deal, make a deal, uh, foolishly, uh, glory to give light, to make or feign oneself, uh, to give in marriage, to sing worthy praises of rage, uh, uh, renown and shine. They're all words that uh, go with it. Lucifer is also known as Satan, which is translated accuser. Scripture in the British Shah, the New Testament, talks about how he stands before Yahweh accusing the saints. He's also a tempter, seeing how he bargained with Yahweh to test Job and also tempted Yeshua in the desert after Yeshua's 40 days and nights of fasting. It would also seem that Adam Schiff lives up to the name Halal quite well, as exhibited by the way that he accused Trump with false accusations that can never be substantiated, nor would he reveal his his sources. Again, we have to question whether Adam Schiff is actually 100% human or if there's another entity within him that's calling the shots. The next word is the word Marriott, like in the motels. Okay, the only Marriott hotel that I can find in or around West Hollywood is SLS Hotel, a luxury collection uh, hotel in Beverly Hills. Um, why is this important, you might ask? Well, let me state that there is a very, very little to find or substantiate the following claim. Uh, rumor has it that Adam Schiff snuffed a boy at the Standard Hotel in West Hollywood, which is in a section of Los Angeles, which happens to be the district that Schiff represents. Again, this is a rumor, but after the things that we have learned so far, and with child trafficking by the deep state being such a rampant problem, I guess we won't find out until the sealed indictments are open and arrests are made. However, if there is truth to this and Trump holds the indictments, that would explain Schiff's most almost orgasmic zeal to get Trump thrown out of office and prosecuted for crimes. And you got to admit, folks, that they, they went out of their way to try to get rid of him. So he must know stuff that is really going to make make a sailor blush when uh, when it finally comes out. The next word is uh, death blossom, the next series of words, rather. Death blossom was a, a tactic employed by Iraqi security forces that were fighting alongside American troops. They would either cut and run or they would spray arms fire in all directions, both ineffective methods of fighting. Excuse me. Pardon me, folks. I didn't mean to do that. Um, how does this fit into the scenario here? Well, supposedly President Trump and the military knew that the leftists would try to perform a coup using election fraud. They watermarked ballots so that the originals could be differentiated from fake ballots, distributing them to states that they knew would use, that would cheat for Biden. 
The plan is to wait till the election issue gets to the Supreme Court to produce that evidence along with the signed affidavits from people that witnessed the election fraud. Note that um, a week ago, U.S. Special Forces raided offices in Germany, and I also found out later in Spain and somewhere else where our votes were being counted. They seized the voting computers as other evidence and other evidence. Um, by the way, there was a firefight that happened during that time, and uh, four U.S. soldiers were killed, and um, it's being reported that they were killed in Egypt somewhere in a helicopter crash, and and one of the um, the deep states, uh, uh, I guess what you would call them mercenaries, uh, was killed in the firefight too. And uh, it's said that it's being said that he died, I think, in Afghanistan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when the evidence is presented, there will be mass arrests fired in all directions, like the Iraqis were doing. Um, and high-profile deep state operatives, yes, including politicians, will be arrested and tried for treason. Since Adam Schiff's name is a numeric equivalent to Death Blossom, it's quite possible that he won't be around much longer, um, meaning he'll be arrested. This whole scenario is also known as Operation Death Blossom. Okay, next word is Antoinette. There's really nothing to state here, but I'll make a guess. Perhaps just like Marie Antoinette felt that she would be spared because she was a woman and the people didn't really just wanted King Louis executed, the surprise came when she suffered the same fate as King Louis. Maybe Schiff will try to turn, but it'll be too late. He'll go down like the rest. Another word is air soul. Um, all humans are triune in nature, of course, possessing a body, soul, and spirit. This suggests that shift is an air soul. They really mean they really mean the same thing. That is, uh, seems to suggest that perhaps while he has a soul, the spirit that he possesses is not his own. Uh, we are told in First Enoch that demons are departed spirits of the Nephilim, a race of hybrids that were half human and half angelic. So as it may be, either Shift is a fallen angel that shapeshifts in a human form, or he's a Nephilim possessing the soul of a human, but the spirit of a fallen angel. Remember, he is rumored to have Illuminati connections, so it's not that far-fetched. So with that, I end the Gematria study of Adam Schiff, and I've seen a bunch of things i got to fix in the way of capitalization and stuff like that. So I'm glad I go through these things with you. Um, so, you know, if you have to listen to this again, because I know it was really detailed, um, but there, Adam Schiff's not a nice guy, folks. He's uh, pretty wicked and evil, no matter how good he tries to make himself look. And, um, and he will go down, um, whether it's, you know, through affidavits um, or through, uh, maybe growing old and, but, um, his destination is down. It's, uh, if he was playing Monopoly, he would land on go to hell, go directly to hell, do not pass, go, do not collect $200. Um, he is, he's a wicked human being and, uh, he needs, uh, he needs Jesus, of course. He needs Yeshua. But, um, people like this, I do believe are, are born to perdition. And, um, I hope I'm wrong. Man, I hope I'm wrong. Um, hope he's redeemable.
but um, and I'll pray for him in that effect that uh, maybe Yahweh can lead something someone into his path to at least give him the message of the gospel and salvation and even if he doesn't accept it at the end he can't use it as an excuse that he never knew um, but uh, if I'm not mistaken I think his wife grew up Catholic and she she converted to Judaism to marry him. So um, I got a feeling that he's heard at least some of the gospel. Um, anyway, so I leave it in uh, the Lord's hands, but I give you the information um, and do with it what you want. Um, feel free to quote anything you want to, as long as you don't change anything or change the meaning of anything I wrote. Um, but uh like I said, Adam Bennett Shift is not a good guy. He's probably he's probably serpent seed. He uh, was probably born to perdition, and uh, he's not destined for greatness or good things. So um, there you have it. And now you can understand why he was so vehemently um, intent on uh, taking Trump down. Because he's wicked, and Trump probably has a whole dossier on him. And I think he figured if he could take Trump down before Trump took him down, that uh, if Trump did try to say anything, it would, wouldn't be taken uh, with any degree of seriousness. But um, it didn't go that way, and uh, Adam Schiff's days are numbered, literally. Just like all of us are, but politically he uh, is going to be a... Uh, pariah and uh, hopefully he comes to his his wits and does the right thing and and uh, turns and helps other people to realize just how wicked um, not just uh, Washington but Hollywood because he's his district is Hollywood um, can you imagine such a wicked man being uh, <clears throat> the congressional representative to all those wicked people down in Hollywood my goodness it's uh He's got a trifecta of evil going here. So anyway, all those things haven't been said. I'm going to go ahead and end this uh, edition of Opposing the Matrix. And I want to thank you for listening. And I pray that you have a wonderful day tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's Wednesday and that you have a wonderful weekend. And if I get a chance, I'll do another one of these uh, real soon. And uh, I'm going to be looking up a lot more people, too, because uh there are a lot of wicked people out there. And I'll be looking up the good ones too, folks. Don't you worry. Uh, because the good ones usually have good results. So in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I thank you very much for listening. And I bless you in his name. And and until we meet again, amen and amen. Good night.